Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Gypsy Poet Radio. I'm the Gypsy Poet, and this evening we're featuring a razor sharp, hilarious comedian who's been featured on Netflix, BET, Comedy Central, and of course, the legendary HBO. Please welcome the ever so witty and hilarious Shane Force. Hello. Hello, hello. Oh, hey. Hey. How you doing? I'm good. I'm I'm under the circumstances I'm good. I haven't killed the neighbors or, you know, just start, you know, eating the neighbors uh pets. I haven't done that yet. But it's coming. I don't know when. But soon. If this COVID thing keeps going longer. I'm looking at the person's cat next door like, mm, tasty. Um, so um I'm okay. How, are you hanging in there? Are you hanging in there? Oh yes, I am. I'm hanging in there. I'm thriving actually. This is my this is my moment. I absolutely love hosting this show because I have the most wonderful guests, and that includes you. And I well, have thank seen. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, yes, I mean that because I have seen your routines. You are hilarious, and I said to myself, I could use a good chuckle on the show. So I had, I had, I absolutely had to grab you. So that was that was my thing. I appreciate it. No, I one, I appreciate it. To all your listeners, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I don't really talk like that, but it sounded more exciting. Thank you. Woo! So there you go. Oh goodness gracious! Oh, it it pays to be one of the most popular podcasts on the web right now. So I'm 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 flying high. So you make me feel like Excellent. a rock and blue wing. So for that, I'm very thankful. there. You go. Oh, okay. yes. Um. I have got to know where you're from originally, because you you sound like an East Coaster. I am an East Coaster. I actually am from New York and grew, uh, grew up partly there, uh, partly Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, PA, because I went to school there. And then um, I've been out in LA for a long time, and uh, you know, so far so good. I mean, I mean, not now. Now is such a weird time, and you know, everybody's you know up up in the air. But I mean, I'm I'm hanging in there. Yes, I think we all are. Um, I got to ask you because um, I've, I've seen numerous footage of your material. Who or what within your inner circle inspired you to do stand-up comedy? Uh, wasn't any comic like everybody thinks it's a comedian? Like, is it, what comedian inspired you? No, it was like it was crazy people on the street that I saw that would say crazy things. Like, no, literally people that were crazy, like yelling at the moon and you know, just start touching herself on the subway. And so I would look at them and, like, think it was funny and thought, how can I turn that to be make it funny? But, no, all my inspiration was that and bands, like really crazy punk bands. And so, yeah, punk bands. Uh, and ska punk band called um, Fishbone was one of my inspirations for comedy because they were just out of their mind. Looks like they just, you know, like – I was like, how much cocaine did they take before they did their show? Because they were just so much energy. It was off the charts. So I would say them, and then later comedy-wise, it would have been Eddie Murphy, um, a comic named Bill Hicks out of Texas. Bill Hicks. Everybody do look up Bill Hicks, and you'll know who I'm talking about. Bill Hicks. And um, those were like, and then Paul Mooney. Those were like my initial 
people, and then later on there's a comic named Tom Rhodes who I was really uh, so there's there's a multitude of people that you know, and then uh, uh, but I'd say initially it was music, music, crazy music acts, Red Hot Chili Peppers. They were just out of their mind. Like, did they just come out butt naked with a sock on their cock? That type of guy. Uh, and I was like, those are the guys I like. That's what I want. I want to I want to bring that to comedy. So that's what I did. You hit home with me with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I am a big fan. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, think about how out of their mind they were. Yes. <laughs> yes. But imagine that in comedy. So when I first started, I was like that. And then I realized, can't really do that on network TV. Can't really. Can't. I'm like, what? I can't. Uh, I can't wear a sock on my. Okay. So um, so then it changed. It changed after that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. And when I had a kid, that's when I realized, you know, you got to ring it in a little bit. You can't have, you can't do some of the crazy stuff I was doing. And then I think when my son was born, I went, you know what? I'm going to have to settle down and figure out the business side of it instead of just going from place to place and just going bananas, you know, setting mics on. St- I set a microphone on fire as a tribute to Jimi Hendrix when he set his guitar on fire. And I got, I got, all of this coverage, but of course the club fired me and made me pay for the mic, but it was just like, a, I wanted to do stuff like that. Like the freak people out, like, Oh, he just pulled a Hendrix. So, um, but in comedy, like how do I pull what people are doing in music in comedy? And then as I got older, I realized can't really live that way when you have children. <laughs> And, and I understand about children because I also teach them during the day. <laughs> so, um, there you go, yeah. You, yes, absolutely. You have an intriguing heritage. Can you tell me about this? Uh, what, the, the stripping at old folks' home part? I don't know if I should talk about that on the radio. Uh, uh, <laughs> all right. I used to be a male stripper at the older older folks' homes. No, uh, like, what do you mean, my heritage? Like, what I am? Mm-hmm, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I I don't think it's interesting. I think it's just, I, I don't, not really. I, I mean, what is, I don't even know how to answer that. I'm a, I'm a guy, a pee standing up. I'm a, you know, I was, I was born, uh, I was born in uh, Kingston, but I grew up in New York, so I don't know anything about Jamaica or anything like that. Um, so people are like, oh, where were you born? You should know it. I'm like, no, time was three. I don't really remember any of it. Uh, you know, even when you take psychoactive drugs, you still don't remember any of that. So, and I don't do drugs, but I believe I'm part of straight edge. I don't know if people know what straight edge. Straight edge is, it was a punk movement that didn't do drugs, but you did extreme, extreme shit, like, like really extreme, but you would do it straight. So you could take in every bit of the feeling. So I was part of that kind of uh, crew for a while. But then I became that way with comedy. And then I realized you can't really do that in comedy clubs. You can't because it's more structured. So, but yeah, just that's my heritage is, yeah. I would say my heritage is comedy, luckily. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw that out there. Mm-hmm. I see that. What do you love yeah. best about being on stage and telling jokes about life? Uh, nudity. Got to go with, no, 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 stop it. Not nudity. 
Come on. Come on. Do the interview straight. Come on. Uh, no. Um, uh, the best part is when you come up with a new bit that you know is like edgy as shit and you do it mm-hmm. and people laugh at it and go, and you go, oh, they're on the same page as me. They're a little bit left of center. Um, I remember I was doing an abortion joke for a while about abortion thinking, I'm going to get backlash for this when I did it. But there's something to be said about abortion clinics, it, pro-life people. I was I was actually making fun of people who are pro-life and, they, and saying that they should picket men's bathrooms because we kill a lot more babies in bathrooms than you think we do. And uh, it was just a masturbation joke, basically. And But I would do a whole elaborate bit about that about, like, if you're going to do that, you should go after men first. You shouldn't go after women. You should go after men. And, of course, I got backlash. But the fact that I did it and it started gaining momentum and getting laughs, that's when I was like, that's the best part of comedy for me when I say something that I know goes against the grain and it works. I love it. it, Yeah. And the nudity. I got to ask this question. This one's burning on my tongue. What is the best compliment you have ever received from anyone about your act? Oh, wow. Good question, young lady. Why question, young lady? Um, The best, the best compliment? Um, Oh, I did this. Oh, the two. I have two. Uh, One was in Texas, believe it or not. was in Killeen, Texas. And the other one was Mm -hmm. in Brooklyn, New York. These mob, they were mob guys. I know they were mob guys. They, they, the way they handled themselves, the way they talked. Um, and it was the same thing. Uh, but he's like, yeah, for, for, for an eggplant, which is a, basically calling me the N-word. I don't, you know, he said for an eggplant, you crack me up. You're actually funny. We'll bring you back. A lot of guys couldn't handle this stage. But for an eggplant, you know, for a jig, which I was like, what, and didn't like hide way he's like he says usually I don't laugh at jigs, but for a jig you're pretty good. And for some reason when I got time to get out of the club and got my money and was leaving on the train, I thought I probably was hard for him to say that. That's a great compliment because he wasn't going to give me a chance just because of the you know my skin color right off the bat and then end up liking me and then end up booking me for the next two years before I started doing bigger clubs. And then in Texas, it was the same. It was in Killeen, Texas. I did a set. I came off stage. I'm thinking, well, now they're going to murder me. But at least I had a good set before they murdered me. I had a really good show. And the guy said, he said the exact same thing. He's like, yeah, I usually wouldn't like, I wouldn't like your kind. I wouldn't uh, normally laugh at nothing you had to say. And I was questioning whether I was going to let you get on that stage without beating you half to death. But God damn it, you made me laugh till I peed a little bit. And so when you hear that, you go, that was cool. That I almost made this total redneck that's probably like passing around a family tooth when he's not coming at me. And he, 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 I made him pee a little bit. Usually I wouldn't tell another grown man that I peed a little bit, but he said that to me. And he wasn't joking. He was being sincere. He was like he made a, uh, like he made the choice to come over and say that to me, and that was like the best. And then I thought about it later. And George Carlin said that I had balls big enough to come in a dumpster. 
Yeah. So now that that's, made that's, me love you. <laughs> yeah, George Carlin, uh, he saw me in Vegas, Catch a Rising Star Comedy Club. He was doing the big room, which is 5,000 people. I'm doing the small room, which is 125 people. And we only had 75 people, so it wasn't even filled up. And I don't know what possessed him to come downstairs. He came downstairs. He's sitting in the back, and he watched my set. He comes out. I come off stage. He grabs my arm really hard, which actually hurt. And then mm-hmm. and he said that to me. He said, hey, you got balls big enough to come in a dumpster. You don't give a shit what you say. And I put that on my resume for like six years. It was at the top of my resume. Oh. But people, George, if you don't know who George Carlin is, it doesn't, it won't work for people. Oh, I know exactly who George Carlin is, and I grew up with George Carlin. As a matter of fact, I have his book called Brain Droppings. So you are talking Oh, so do you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. I absolutely, I absolutely, positively do know who you're talking about because I think no, you do, legend. you do, yeah. Oh yes, no, I, I freaked out. I freaked out. I I couldn't sleep. Like, and I was tired. I went up to my room because you stay when you do the shows at Bally's. You stay in Bally's, mm-hmm. so I just caught the elevator up to my room, and I it hit me, and I couldn't sleep all night. I went to sleep maybe like nine o'clock the next day. Mm-hmm. And I'm calling people, by the way, George Carlin said, you know, so that was one of the best things I've ever had said by a celebrity, but just a regular person that was at a club and the other guy owned the club, the the guy in Brooklyn owned the club. For him to say that to me was like, kind of validated me. I was like, wow, if I could make this racist asshole, you know, laugh and, and you know, want to book me, then I'm doing something right. And yeah, he booked me for the next two years until I decided I didn't want to do little small clubs. I wanted to go to the bigger clubs. And so I stopped working for him because of that. Quite a story you've got so far. So you have done comedy specials, from what I'm seeing, in four different venues. You've got four major venues, from Netflix to HBO to Comedy Central and BET. I have to ask, how does that make you feel when when, when you reached those platforms? Um, it's going to sound like I'm being, uh, I, I didn't, I was like, this sounds so narcissistic. I thought once I got them, I was like, as it should be, I've been doing this for so long. I didn't feel excited. I was more like, it's time to get to business. And sometimes when you get, get down to business, you're not thinking of the enjoyment of your life. No, I got to, you know, now if I did one, I'd probably enjoy it more, but it was so much riding on me. I was like, I can't mess around. I got to be focused. I got to. So I didn't feel, I felt like I got to get down. I can't, you know, I could. And like, I enjoyed it afterwards. Like afterwards, once you see the airs and you see people actually liked it, because I'm thinking, what if people think it sucks? Then once you see people, oh, no, that was funny, man. Then you're like, okay, cool. But I'm I'm one of those people like, wait till the people see it. Don't get excited yet. Like, I try to get excited. I don't get excited to way, way after the fact. So I'd say out of those four, and the first one I probably, HBO was the first one that I, I was like, wow, this is crazy. And I didn't get paid a lot. Everybody thought I had I was rich. I was like, no, I'm not. I'm low man on the totem pole. When, you know, I got paid shit money, but the exposure was crazy. So, but yeah, I didn't. Everybody, my family's like, we're well, on HBO now. You're probably going to buy a big car. And I'm like, 
No, I couldn't. You get paid scale. I don't know if people realize that. It's scale. Like, when you're not the big name on a show, you get paid, like, the basis lowest scale, which is $750 at the time. Mm. It was $750. But when people see you on HBO, they think, oh, you must have all these thousands and thousands of dollars at your disposal. My first one, I got paid $750, and I was already $400 back on rent. And so, actually... I had to go give that money to my landlord, and I had $350. I went to dinner and celebrated with some of my friends. They were broke, so I ended up paying for their stuff. So at the end of the day, I had $85. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about that just now. That sucked. <laughs> it, it can sometimes, believe it or not. It's, yeah. Like you said, but, the, but, but, the Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no, go ahead. You're right. People's perception is not the reality of it. But it was exciting from the standpoint of once people, when you're walking on the street and some dude, like, beeps his horn and drives past in his car goes, what's up, Shang? I love your show on there. And that that part's cool, but that doesn't translate into money until you do a lot of shows. And then, yeah, once I went on the road, I could see the difference in my audience. Like, all of a sudden, people were coming to see me that never wanted to see me before. Like, so that's where I end up. But it was like six months, maybe nine months after where I started really seeing the response. The next question, I'm very curious. Uh-oh. What do you, yes, what do you enjoy doing outside of stand-up? Uh... Uh, wow. I mean, what I enjoy outside of um, hanging, going to the movie with my sons um, would be, one, biking. I love bike riding. I haven't been able to do it lately because L.A.'s on lock. Like, you can't even, you know, like this place I used to go in, uh, on the beach where you, you rent these bikes because uh, they're really expensive bikes, but you rent these bikes, these cool-ass bikes, and I love riding, like, bikes and I love riding up and I love riding mountain bikes like in the mountains like I like stuff like that I like doing stuff where you like you come home covered in dirt I love mm. uh, but I haven't been able to do it and I don't own a dune buggy but I've done that before I rented one and did that and I love like just, just going through mud and dirt and you know stuff like that so outside of comedy I'd say first going to the movies with my sons uh, uh, oh, you know what else? I I did like snowmobiling. Mm-hmm. I did that, and I was like, "This is crazy! I love this." Um, uh, yeah, but I like like getting in the mud. I don't know if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense, especially now that spring is here. <laughs> and, yeah, um, I want. Yeah, I like stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, especially getting out into the fresh air and all that. I I understand completely. And I yeah, but I haven't been able to lately. <laughs> Understood, especially here. Even in Texas, we're on lockdown too. It's uh, it, it's been yeah. an issue. Believe me. Um, yep. How how many little ones do you got? Two. I have two boys. Ah. Uh, well, they're not little. My my, my my oldest. Well, no, he's twenty two. My son's mm-hmm. uh, twenty two, and I have an eleven year old. So I have eleven year old, twenty two year old. Well, my boys. Oh, wonderful. 
and um, and I'm sure they give you great company. They are just, I, I'm pretty sure that th- they look up to you, and and I can see why. And you, oh, you yeah, are cool. very, yes. And I have to tell you, you are very, very, very funny. <laughs> I've also seen you on. The I appreciate it. Thank you. Yes, oh, you are very. Thank much. you so much. Okay. I mean, the moment I saw you, I said, this guy looks like he's got some substance on him. And uh, and the moment I saw you, I said, i, I got to check it out. And so I, even, I checked you out on YouTube, and I've checked you out at the Laugh Factory. I've checked you out and, and all these various platforms. That's my room. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, I no, that. I wanted to say thank you for having me on the show. No no bullshit. Like, really, it's it's super cool. And, you know, I, and, and anybody that's listening, I'm one of those people that I get it. I I appreciate, and I think that when you're a younger comic, you don't. But when you, as you go through it, you appreciate the stuff, and you want to make sure people. I do at least. I want to make sure people know that I appreciate opportunities because nobody owes you nothing in the world. So, thank you for even having me on the show. Um, I've been lucky though. I'm not to act like outside of this. I've been lucky. Things have been cool. But um, especially in this, because there's so many people having such a hard time, and I know it could even be worse for me. So, man, like, that's why sometimes I don't even want to watch the news. I'm like, ugh, ain't nothing funny about the news. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, no, yeah, not right now. So I I try to, you know, but I do, I'm stuck, like, you have to watch what's going on. But then Mm -hmm. you don't want it to to damage your funny, because then you start feeling down. Because I've had a couple times in this past lockdown, because it's been 45 days for us out in Cali, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I, sometimes I go, ugh, well, this sucks. This sucks. I, I can't even go, like, if I wanted to go ride bikes on the beach, it's locked down. There's, you can't even go down there because they have these uh, the things blocked off because yeah. they don't want a whole bunch of people going down there. So I was like, oh, this sucks. And the place I rent bikes at, it's closed down. So that part I haven't, yeah. So I've been a lot more porn, a lot more porn, been consuming. <laughs> For all you listeners, I tell you right now, Pornhub. I should they should build me a wing. They should definitely. I should have some stock or something. They should give me in Pornhub right now. Okay, maybe I shouldn't have said that out loud. Okay, maybe I should have kept that inside my brain. You should not, you shouldn't tell people that. But I bet you a bunch of listeners are like, yeah, Pornhub's pretty good. You know, after <laughs> after Netflix, what do you do, though? Oh, my goodness. Don't even make me go there. <laughs> so now that we're discussing 2020 being the challenge that it is, let's go ahead yes, and use your imagination. Yes. Let's go ahead and use our imagination. This, this one's especially for you. What do you hope to achieve as it goes along? Um, as it goes along, hopefully that things get turned around where people are, um, able to at least function. Cause I think that this is going to be a little bit longer than the president said, cause he said Easter. I don't, that wasn't true. Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit longer than people say. So I'm, what I hope to accomplish and come out of it is that my internet following is bigger, much bigger for me. Um, I'm, my stuff is so associated with live, 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 live. Now I realize it's a different world, and now you have to do more stuff online. So that's the one thing I'm focused on, building my online presence um, during this kind of lockdown or shutdown of things. 
And so I hope I come out of this with a bigger a bigger online following because my live following is pretty good. I mean, like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, that I'm good. But I realize a lot of people now are in their house watching stuff on phones, watching stuff on um, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon. Um, focus, I, in fact, I had two tapings for Amazon this month that got, you know, I don't even know when we're going to do it. I had two tapings, one called Laugh After Dark, I was supposed to tape, and then it was another, uh, They it was an acting, I had an acting gig on one of their series, and booked it, auditioned, booked it, got it, sent me the paperwork, everything's going forward, and then everything got shut down. So that's why I was like, okay, well, I can't depend on that now. I need to depend on getting my internet following up. So that's what, so everybody out there, go to my website. Don't mess around. I am Shang.com. I A M S H A N D dot com. And follow me on all of the social media platforms. Do it, or I'll run naked into your house and I'll wipe my bottom on your refrigerator. <laughs> Thank you for a wonderful chuckle. Wow. So those are you. <laughs> okay, I won't do the- that. That was wrong. <laughs> I won't so this do is that. I promise. GPR. What a joy he is. So um, be sure to join GPR um, After Dark. Um, it will be in the archives. You can also find GPR on Pandora as well as iHeartRadio.com, and you can find it on. Um, and oh my goodness, <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Thank you. <laughs> yes, you can find it on iHeartRadio.com. You can find it on Pandora, and you can also find it on. Um, Oh, my goodness. And, of course, the direct link. And before I forget, you can find it on iTunes and Apple Music. So it has been an absolutely, positively wonderful evening with Shang Force. Please Google Shang Force. Find him on on your social media platforms, such as Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And be sure to join GPR in the archives, as well as uh, the sites that I've mentioned. And let's see. I... um, let me think here. I think I'm I think I'm ah, you know what? I did forget something. Spotify. Hello, GPR is finally on Spotify. <laughs> there you go. So please check that Spotify. out. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So thank you so much for calling in and and giving me a great laugh. Me and um all the rest of my listeners and my my growing GPR family. I'm very, very grateful that you called in. Wow, it was such a wonderful evening and so refreshing thank to, you. to feel the laughter. Yes. No, yeah. right now we need, I think we'd like, that's the one thing I do think we need because stuff is getting, you know, kind of heavy on people. So get your chuckle on, man, go watch something mm-hmm. funny. I've been watching a bunch of funny stuff. By the way, I'm not, I never don't endorse movies. I watched this movie, Dodgeball. Uh, it's, called, it's called Dodgeball and it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you, have you ever seen it? I have not seen it. No. It's, that it's funny. I watched it on HBO, it's it's about it's it's a it's a funny movie about dodgeball and it's uh mm-hmm. it was very funny. So I've I've been I'm watching I'm trying to watch just comedies and just laugh my ass off. I'm not trying to watch something that's super intense. I don't feel like that right now. Mhm. Understood. Yeah. All righty then. <clears throat> With two minutes left on the show, I just want to ask if you have any other shout outs you want to give to anyone. Give give anybody some love out there on from your uh, from, uh, from your end. Okay, um, to, to Cam. Well, they're too. Xavier's too young, but to my sons, mm-hmm. uh, Cam and Xavier, love y'all to death. You, you goofy, you goofy young 
Goofy Goops. And then, um, yo, just I really want to appreciate everybody that's been following me for all these years. I've been doing it for a long time. Um, you know, I'm just trying to get as many people to go to my website as possible because that's the new world. It's IamShang.com, I-A-M-S-H-A-N-G.com, and it has all my information on there. And just, you know, I think that people are going to be more online. So please thank you for all your support. Thank you guys for being yeah. so nice to me, and especially when you see me in the streets. Uh, when Once we can get in the streets again, thank you so much for being so cool to me because you guys always gave me love, and I appreciate it. Well, you, you, you're always going to have some love here on GPR. So, I'm, I'm, you are now part of my GPR family. So, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You are, yes, you are funny. You are refreshing and absolutely hysterical. And I love your sharp wit. I'm always a fan of great comedy, and you are definitely that. Oh my goodness! All righty. So before I let you all go, thank you so much. So before I, I, I let you all go on GPR, I just want to say thank you to all my listeners and everybody tuning in this evening and having a wonderful time with the absolutely sharp-witted Shang Force. Yes, I'll repeat it again. Shang Force. Check him out on all social media platforms. Check him out on YouTube and The Laugh Factory. And also check him out wherever you can, especially on platforms such as BET, Netflix, Comedy Central, as well as HBO. The footage is out there. Go check it out. Thank you all so very, very much. And Shang, much love to you always. And always a spot is reserved for you on my show. Always know that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. All right, guys, this is the Gypsy Poet signing off saying adieu for now. Bye-bye.